And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. And Stevie D, what do they say? All good things must come to an end. And we had a thriller to the end of the NFL season. You know, that really was a good football game. It started off boring, I have to admit. I have to admit, it It, it started off boring. But I'll tell you, that halftime show, it, it woke me up. Oh, we will talk about the halftime show. Indeed. So it, it definitely got me well, I know it woke my son up. <laughs> but my son my son was like Jennifer Lopez. And I turned to him and said, Yeah, you know Jennifer Lopez is like 50-51. His eyes were bugging out of his head. Like he couldn't believe that Jennifer Lopez was that old. But let's let's talk about that first half, man. You said it was a snooze fest. What is it? 10-10 at the end of at the at halftime. Yeah, I, 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 I just never felt like like Kansas City was playing their best game. I thought San Francisco's defense was playing well, but I didn't feel like Kansas City was being slowed down by the defense. It, it just felt like Andy was being too conservative. Yeah, I, I could go with you on the conservative part. It was just a weird flow. I give the front four of the four Nanas a lot of credit in that first half. They really got the pressure on Patrick Mahomes. It was just it, it just weird. It just felt like we were watching the Super Bowl. The players were watching the Super Bowl, but the players they weren't awake yet. They were, they needed the halftime show to to wake them up. You in that halftime show? <laughs> but, but that's uh, that's where I thought the first half was. It was uneventful. Well, you it had was Mahomes, no big plays. Mahomes ran in that touchdown. When Mahomes ran in the touchdown, I have to be honest with you. I really thought that that was going to be the spark, right? I thought that at that moment, all of a sudden the game was going to change because, and they had a little bit of momentum too, right? Because after they scored that touchdown, they were able to make a stop and then they came back down the field. Unfortunately, they ended up kicking a field goal, but you kind of felt like the tide was turning a little bit. Yeah. um, Again, I, I just looked at the first half. I was just like, Oh, yawning. Right. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, I, I was getting more excited to watch the commercials than I was watching the game in the first half. Oh, the commercials were horrible, man. How do, you, the- how, how do you pay all that money to reuse a commercial that you used in previous Super Bowls? Saving some money, baby. Reusing. I, the recycling. And it was right? a bad commercial to start with. How, well, this is true. You, how do you reuse a commercial? But I, re- I really did think that Kansas City had the momentum until Garoppolo was able to hit that touchdown uh, late late in the second. Well, and look, they had an opportunity. It was a weird ending to the first half. I'm sure everybody can recall it was um, the, the 49ers held the Chiefs with like two minutes left in a half. Right after the two-minute warning, the um, the Chiefs ran the football or whatever, and the clock was running. Fortnite had all three timeouts, and they went up to the booth, and you see John Lynch signaling timeout. Man, he must have did it like six times. And Shanahan lets the clock go all the way down, and then he punts right. the football. I mean, uh, he lets Andy Reid uh, run the clock down, and then right. they punt the football. It was just yeah, like because Damian Williams had that pass, and then they went all the way from like a minute 53 all the way down to 108. Was, right. What, what are you waiting on? And, and what, what I don't understand, and, and his explanation at the end of the game of, well, we we know the Chiefs had three timeouts, and we didn't want to, if we went three, not give them plenty of time. 
Dude, you're in the Super Bowl. Your coach is scared. Yes. And and what do we go? What do we what do we what have we said throughout really the season? If you want to win, you have to be aggressive. And in the playoffs, especially, you have to play aggressively. You you knocked your coach from the Buffalo Bills for not being aggressive. And here you are, you're playing scared, where three timeouts and a minute or two timeouts it would have been in a minute fifty or a minute forty-five to get the ball back is a mountain of time to go down and lead. You can't be afraid that you're going to go three and out and give them the ball. You can't. And then you're in the Super Bowl. You don't trust your quarterback? That's what you're telling me. You don't trust your quarterback. You don't trust your offense. And and so what happens? They get the ball down. They start moving it, right? That third and 14, all of a sudden they get that first down. You're like, uh-oh. Yeah, they really screwed themselves. Yeah, Because then right. they get the first down. And then really at the end of the day, I personally don't think now, the Kansas City people here that I talked to at, at, at work, you know, they're saying, oh, it was a push-off. I don't think it was a push-off. Yeah, they, they got handsy, don't get me wrong. But I didn't see him really extend the arm enough to where the DB had to stop or reroute himself or or get tripped up with his legs because of, this, of, of, of the separation. I didn't see it personally. I'm trying to be objective. I like the call. I, I like the call. Here, here, here's why I like the call. Is that as they were going down the field, um, you, you saw Kittle. He had for, he did one push with the right arm to try to free himself, and then he did the second one. But the second one was more exaggerated than the first one. That second one, you could see full extension of the arm. Now, to your point, no, the DB was in such a trail position that it really did not impact the the catch or his ability to make the catch. But still, you can't do that. Right, you know, just, just players, like we were talking about, we can't get into the mind. It either it's a foul or it's not a foul. Players and receivers do that all day long, and it's not for a push off. It's almost like a defensive mechanism to set themselves ready to make the catch. Sure, that, that's the way I look at it. And I don't think he used that last one that he got called for. Not the first one. They saw the second one, and I, I didn't see anything that says to me offensive pass interference just because players all the time, they'll put their hands on the back and just extend just a little bit just as a, as a I don't know, a timing thing for them to go up. All right, now I'm going to go up and jump or whatever the case may be. I just didn't see it. Um, and in the big game, uh, I just I didn't see that being – I just didn't think that should have been called in the big game. I, I really didn't have a problem with it. I really didn't. You know, it, again, we, we've criticized the officiating all throughout the season, especially with this whole pass interference. Um, I think we've seen more offensive pass interference calls this year than we've ever have. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it was a fair call, especially the second time. Right. You, you're talking about the first time I let you get away with it. The second one is more egregious than the first one. I don't have a problem. But what it what it did do, it, it absolutely took them out of field goal range uh, and then forced them to take the knee to go into halftime. And then comes your girl. Oh. And can she work? A, can she work a pole? Oh. <laughs> Jenny from the block, baby. <laughs> from the Bronx, baby. You gotta love Bronx, New York. Oh. Uh, so I, I, the initial debate was who's gonna open for who? 
was it going to be Shakira open it for J-Lo or J-Lo open for Shakira? I'm like, is there any debate in this one? Yeah, Shakira has to open up for Jennifer Lopez, right? I mean, it just... And look, I thought Shakira did a great job. I she, she got a lot of time. I thought she got more time on the stage. And Gen- it felt like she got more time on the stage than Jennifer Lopez, right? So she really got to go through a few of her songs. Um, and she's just a, a pretty young lady, and, and she can move and dance. I thought she captured... I just thought it was an electric halftime show. I thought it was one of the better ones in recent memory uh, for me. Um, and then obviously Jennifer Lopez, you know, just because you grew up watching Jennifer Lopez for sure. And I, it's unbelievable how how good she looks at her age. It's just tremendous. So, so. when she has her hair kind of down in that curly down, she looks mature. When she has that hair and that ponytail, oh, she reminds me of Jenny from the block. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, I'm thinking, Diddy, how did you screw this up? How did you screw this up each and every time? And then I think, Alex, you're a lucky man. Yep. Damn, Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> All right, Steve. So now it, here, here's the thing on that halftime show, though. I, did, I just want to touch on this. You cannot please anybody. You can't yeah. please anybody. That that was the I'm not gonna say it was tame, right? But it certainly was not uh erotic or exotic. You, and people you know are complaining. Those are the same people that go to individual concerts and see stuff probably a lot worse than it is on the halftime show. Absolutely. At Absolutely. the end of the day, if you think about the language in the suggestive language that is on Channel two, you know, your your CBS's, NBC, your ABC's all before 10 o'clock. Yeah. And the stuff that's being shown on TV was a lot worse than the halftime show. It's not even close. It's not yep. even close, people. Come on. What was funny, there's there's a, a meme going around talking about and it's showing um women's volleyball player shows Simone Biles. Uh it shows some other female athletes. Uh, that are going to be in the Olympics. And they're like, well, if you have a problem with the halftime show, obviously you won't be watching this, right? And it, it, it's exactly right, right? There was no uh, wardrobe malfunction. That didn't happen, right? And you had a whole bunch of people on stage dancing. Get over it. Get over it. How was that? Um, I mean, there was probably items at the Grammys through previous years where dancers got up on stage and were dancing prerogative. You don't hear anything about that from the Grammys. Why no. is it we, everybody comes out at the halftime show? Well, well, it, it's still it it's resonating. Janet and Justin, they they will forever live in infamy. <laughs> so, Steve, so- we we come out of halftime, you know, wiping some sweat from the brows, right? You you have the little ones, you know, that are their eyes are wide open saying, wow, is she really 50? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, t- it's time for the game. And I don't think Kansas City was awake. I really don't. Because the 49ers just came out and, and just started to dominate um, in that third quarter. Well, and it's funny. Up in you know, the first three quarters, you, you can say that Patrick Mahomes was out of sync. I've never seen the young man who – you think he's a 10-year vet because he's so good. Um, he looked out of sync in the first half, throws in the dirt, throws over the head. He just wasn't himself. I think he felt a little bit of that pressure, and he was out of sync. 
for whatever reason, he was just out of sync. He was we not. Were, we were going back and forth. We were going back and forth. Um, one of the things that I believe, I believe that Andy Reid and, and the and I'll even put this on Eric Bieniemy. I think that they got caught up in the situation. I think they were caught up with the fact of the Niners having a great defense, that it was the Super Bowl, and they didn't want to make the big mistake. But you have the MVP of the NFL. You have the cover of Madden. You have the franchise. You have this guy. Let him go. Let him go. Don't hold him back. And the play calling was indicative that they were very conservative. They, they were not stretching the field. You have you have all these wide receivers that run sub four fours, and, and yeah, you're not taking but, a shot deep. But I thought the defense by the 49ers kind of dictated they were not going to allow you to beat 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 us deep. Throw it, just throw it, and just see what happens. You you throw it right because what what happens when you throw it? All of a sudden, on the other side, uh, they start thinking, "Oh, here we go." Right, you know, we got lucky. We dodged that one, but all of a sudden, you you have Watkins and and Hardman and and you have Hill all just running fly patterns. You're stretching that defense out. Now, all of a sudden, they have to be a little bit more aware. That's what I thought they were going to do initially. That's what I thought the game plan was was to kind of spread the the Niners linebackers, have them take deeper drops, have that secondary go deep, and then kill them over the middle. Right, I thought you were going to have more jet sweeps. I thought you'd have Kelsey wide open over the middle, just killing them in the middle. But they didn't do that. They 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 allowed them to play within like a ten to fifteen yard area, and yeah. that played right into the hands of the 49ers. Uh, and and let's give the 49ers some some credit from the standpoint of their front four got constant pressure through the first three quarters to perhaps where the wide receivers just couldn't get into those routes, those deep routes, because the pressure was coming and collapsing around him. But it wasn't every single play. Well, it wasn't every single play, but, I mean, you just – I mean, there was pressure because, obviously, I mean, to your point, right, they got to they got to Mahomes. They forced the, the Chiefs to roll the pocket. So, I mean, to your point, they were bringing some pressure, but there there were times where you could just take that shot. But it was like the Chiefs were afraid to do that. That they were afraid that that front four was going to be so fast to get to them that they're you know they had to dump it off quick. See that that that's where when we talked about the game we were talking about Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, right? We we didn't really go into the coordinators, which you have great coordinators uh, on both sides for both teams, right? But you know what what coach could make the adjustment? Well, and, clearly, Andy Reid made the adjustment. I mean, with that 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 play that's going to go down in infamy, where they were dancing on the field when uh, Mahomes uh, it was Mahomes, it was Damian Williams, and I forgot who the third player was when they lined up at like the goal line, uh, <laughs> and they they did the little spin. That's going to go down. You can forget about the Philly special now. I saw that. <laughs> that's that's going to be the new play that everybody remembers, right? The, you know, when I first saw it, I was thinking of the old Dallas Cowboys. Oh, with the up and then the down? Yep, how they reset. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, look at this. And then next thing you know, they've all moved over a half yard. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Well, you know, 
look, the the cheat the, the 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 Niners dominated the third quarter. You could say they, they were they were, Chiefs were conservative, uh, but the Niners really owned the third quarter, right? They they outscored them 10 nothing going in. You now now all of a sudden you're in the fourth quarter. And honestly, you know, I started getting I, I know I got a text saying from my wife who was somewhere we we didn't watch the game together. And uh she sent me a text with like nine minutes to go in the game. She goes, uh, uh, Chiefs not, not looking good or or oh, the Chiefs aren't going to win, something along those lines. And I says, and I just reply back, there's plenty of time. And if there's anything you've learned, and I've kind of learned this year and last year, obviously living in Kansas City, this team can score points fast. In a blink of an eye, mm-hmm. they can score points. And I just looked at the 49ers play calling. It was like the, it was the curse of Kyle Shanahan, like the ghosts of Super Bowl pass were coming back up because, you know, I, I blame this on Kyle Shanahan more than I do Jimmy Garoppolo. It's almost like, oh, there, there's no we're We're going to get to that one. There's no doubt. But I'm going to tell you, Stevie D, where I think this game changed. And, you know, we were just talking about it. It was when Mahomes hit Tariq Hill for that 44-yard bomb. Yeah, oh, yeah, without a doubt, yes. Game over, because all of a sudden the swagger came back, and they were ready to run. Yep, and then they came right back to the throw to Kelsey in the end zone, which was the pass interference um, call um, in the end zone, and then they, they threw it to Kelsey for the touchdown on the following play. I mean, it was that quick, right? It was like three plays. And they were, it was a three point game. Yeah. 44 yarder, the pass interference, and then the one yard touchdown pass to Kelsey in the back of the end zone. And once they got, once it was 20 to 17, I said, this game's over. It game's over. There was no yeah. way, no way. At that point, I knew it. Honestly, I knew it. And you said it. We knew it once they hit the 44 yarder, it, it was going to be over. And then, then you saw the pass interference. I said, oh boy, it's the self destruction and it's yep. over. You, and you then, get that pressure, you start getting a little tight. Start yep. getting a little tight. Yep. But again, it- I go back to the first half and I go to ending of the first half by not calling that timeout. And I know they, they put up 10 points in the third quarter. But if you play for for the kill and you get a field goal or a touchdown and then you get the ball coming out of the second half, I, I I go back to me. That's the turning point. It, it's almost like we're going into halftime and we're okay. 10, 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. It it, it was, it was very, very fitting um, to see Damian Williams cap, cap the game off with that last touchdown run. Uh, thirty-eight yard touchdown run. That 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 was good. He he had a he had a solid game. Two touchdowns. You know, I, he he was my MVP. I'm sorry. Um, you know my, my so it's funny. My, my son and I were watching the game, and uh, he says, "Who do you think's gonna be MVP of the game?" You know, before the game started, I said, "My MVP is gonna be Damian Williams." So I'm partial, and I'm pissed that he didn't get it because I called it before the game with my son because uh, he called. I think he said Travis Kelsey was it Travis Kelsey. No, that was somebody else who said Travis Kelsey. Um, I think it was Patrick Mahomes he said was going to be his MVP. I just had a feeling because Damian Williams has been a touchdown guy 
this whole postseason. He's been in the end zone. It's like average two touchdowns a game. So I went outside the realm, and I was pissed that he didn't get it. But when I look at Mahomes, and I know why they did it, because they want him to face it of the NFL. I get it. But well, I don't like just, it. Not just that. I mean, he accounted for three touchdowns. Yeah. He had two fumbles and two picks. Sorry. Not lost, but he still fumbled the ball twice, and he had two picks. He threw a lot of balls in the grass. In the, He showed up for one quarter. I'm sorry. A quarter. And, yeah, one quarter. Because they didn't start scoring until eight minutes left in the game. He scored the first touchdown of the game. Understood. Like I said, he played one quarter out of the four. <laughs> uh, I think you're being a little harsh on him. I, think I love everything about Patrick Mahomes. I wrote him all the way in fantasy football, even though he screwed me getting hurt. And people say, you should have taken him that high. Hey, I love myself some Patrick Mahomes. But in fairness, he didn't deserve the MVP because he showed up in the fourth quarter. It wasn't all just him in the fourth quarter either. So, um, so I was, yeah, am I bitter? Because I I called it and then I was robbed. I, I think I was bitter, robbed. Beer face, bitter beer face is coming out. Yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. <laughs> so how how about the Chiefs D? Is it the Chiefs D or is it Kyle Shanahan? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, if you look at the Kansas City defense for the uh, the three games in the playoffs in the last four weeks of the season, you really saw them going to a different gear. Like all of a sudden, it's like the light bulb clicked, and what Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, was been pushing down their throat, it's all started coming together. And, you know, living in Kansas City, everybody's kept saying, oh, the Kansas City, the vaunted Kansas City defense. I'm like, who have you really played yet, right? But really, at the end of the day, they just showed progression each week of getting better. Their communication, their style, their aggressive, their attacking just got better and better each week. They shut down Derrick Henry in the championship game. And obviously, the the three-headed monster in – two-headed monster in, in San Francisco got shut down. I just thought that defense played really well. I think the Honey Badger deserves a lot of credit. Yes. Uh, we saw him after he gave up that touchdown in the third quarter, and he went off. And that's what leaders do, right? He didn't, I'm sure he didn't call somebody out. He's just saying, we got to shut it down. We got we to gotta stop now. No more. And I thought it was a great job by him. Chris Jones, a beast up front for the Kansas City, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Really well. I'm happy yeah. for him because he had that, that ghost uh, call in the championship game. A couple of years ago, with, yeah. With, yeah, yeah, just just a bogus call, yep. just a bogus call. So I, he, I was happy yeah. for him. Yep, it's Terrell Suggs. You know, he didn't have an impact on the game necessarily, but you know, you bring in a guy like that who's won. I think he's got two Super Bowl championships in his career. Yeah, you bring a guy like that and that instant credibility he brings to that locker room the last three weeks. I, I tell you, you know, he can settle things down. I'm sure he said things. I'm sure he gave. Plenty of good tips because the Cardinals played the 49ers twice. So he had some probably some insights on what they do um, that you can't be ignored when it comes to, in the Super Bowl and, and what he's able to bring that knowledge wise, plus his, you know, just his overall knowledge of the game and, and a sure ballot, first ballot Hall of Famer. So uh, tremendous job by their defense. Uh, again, is Jimmy Grappolo the greatest thing since sliced bread? Sorry. No, he's no. not. And I and I think Garoppolo was exposed. Now, yes, what was it? The Saints game where he he went, you know, uh, drive for drive with uh, Drew Brees. Yeah, okay, so that's an anomaly. I keep saying, Stevie D, I'm not sold on Jimmy G. 
I don't think I'm, a lot of people are. I'm not. And when it came, when it was time for him to take over the game, he couldn't do it. Could not do it. Now that doesn't mean that in a few years that he may not be become that guy, right? But no, right now, yeah, in this time in this place, he is not that guy. I, I really believe it showed right before half. I go back to that drill, and I don't think that Kyle Shanahan believes that Garoppolo can drive a team down the field because he was too conservative right before. And to me, it just all goes to that. And that, that tells you everything you need to know about the head coach and what he really believes of Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, you know, I, I'm we, sorry. He, he could say all the right things at the end of the game, but you had a minute and 50 and two timeouts. If you called the timeout to go down the field and, and you basically gave 40 seconds away, 45 seconds away. Just, you, you you keep bringing up the name. It is now time for us to discuss the coaches, to really discuss the coaches. I said to you, this is twice now in two Super Bowl games that Kyle Shanahan has choked, once as a coordinator and now as the head coach, completely and utterly choked. And you, th- you threw out uh, a stat that he was outscored like what fifty four to nothing in the fourth quarter in two fifty two, fifty two. Getting you know, probably the worst thing that could have happened uh, is that the the forty ers were up two scores. And, and, and you're right; he was conservative at the end of the first half, but I mean, just complete change of the philosophy, not having that killer instinct. And you you would have thought that. You know, okay, we blew it against the Patriots. We were up twenty-eight to three. How do how we how we blow that? I don't know, but we're not going to blow this one. I mean, you're even closer to the prize, and all of a sudden, it got a little tighter, got a little tighter, and then just completely choked. I I don't know how you rebound from that. I, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, it's. Um... Kyle Shanahan is a has a really good football mind. He does, right? And uh, you hate to bring up past coaches uh, like a you know Marty Schottenheimer, right? Great regular season. He got into the playoffs and he's a different coach, right? And the win loss record will show that. And I'm not trying to diss on Marty because I think he's one of the brightest football minds uh, that come through as a coach. And a great teacher of the game. Phenomenal teacher of the game, Marty Schreiner. But when he got to the playoffs, it just seems like he was different. It just he wasn't the same coach. And and his win-loss record shows that he wasn't really the same coach. Because how do you go from uh winning percentages in the regular season of probably around 60% and your winning percentage in the playoffs is like 40%, 30%. It's right. it's not even close to win-loss records, right? So and he had some really good football teams. And so, unfortunately for Kyle Shanahan, I, I don't know how he fixes this, but he's got to be – He's, in all fairness, you have to really look at yourself and say, where did I go wrong? I need to be more aggressive. I need to trust my players to get it done. And if I do it and it doesn't work out, at the end of the day, we can say we went for it. Because right now he doesn't coach that way, that they go for the killer. They don't have the killer instinct. And if you look at Super Bowl winners, they have the killer instinct. And once you let the Chiefs in that game, 
In a blink of an eye, they put up 21 points. In a blink of an eye, they they put up 21 points. Game was over before the two-minute warning. Yep. In, in seven minutes or five minutes, they put up 21 points and the game was over. It just great. I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, it would it I mean think about it. <laughs> it's crazy to think that the 49ers had a 10-point lead with eight minutes, less than eight minutes to go in the game, and they lost by eleven. That's crazy. That's and, and, crazy. Well, here here's the You're other in the thing. Super Bowl. Because You're in the it, Super Bowl. you you know when the when when the snowball comes, the avalanche is coming, right? Yeah. But you you can't be surprised. You saw what they did to the Texans. Everybody saw what they did to the Texans. They down twenty four. Oh yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they came back and won it all. And that's why I said that the text back in my mind. This game's not over. There's plenty of time. I think I said plenty of time because that's how the Chiefs rolled all year. When when you when you see enough of them, and we've seen a lot of them on on prime time, right? So it's, this is no shocker to the nation. That, that the Chiefs can score and they can score quickly. There's no shocker there. The shocker, and not a shocker, it's the disappointing, if I'm a Niners fan, that my head coach, it's, do you remember the movie The Waterboy? I do. Do you remember the part with Harry, Henry Winkler when he went up against that coach, put the actor played by Jerry, Jerry Reed, who's the actor, uh, but who's playing the coach of that other college? And Harry Winkler, he was getting his butt kicked, and he was kind of trying to walk away from the sidelines. That's kind of like Kyle Shanahan. Right. Right. He's like, uh-oh, and, and I don't know what to do. And, and he, he went all conservative, and, and he didn't he couldn't rally his troops to stop the bleeding. And I just think that if you showed the confidence in your team to go and get it and go, look, you're supposed to be a mastermind play caller. You're telling me there's not a play that you could have called to help your team out. And get him that key first down and get him that confidence back from an offensive unit. They didn't do it. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they didn't try to incorporate Emmanuel Sanders into the game plan earlier and often. He he, he was one of the X factors when we talked about Where's him. Where's Kittle? Uh, Where was Kittle? I mean, they, they had weapons. I I they... see see personally, I think Kittle is overhyped. I really do. I, I think there's uh, there's too much hype on Kittle. Um, you have Yusek, uh who caught the touchdown pass. You know, he, he's kind of the tight end B, tight end two. Um, but you you could take Kittle out by putting a, a slot corner or putting a nickel corner on him, and he's done, right? You can cover it. You can cover him in the, in the shorts, in the flats with an, with an athletic linebacker. And if he's going to try to stretch the field, I'm not really worried about you, right? If it's a jump ball, yeah, you you may get me on the jump ball because you're taller and bigger. But as as far as running stride for stride, I'm going to be there. I'm going to have better coverage on you, and I'll be able to take you out of the play. Plus, Jimmy G, again, we go back to Jimmy G. You got to throw your guys open. Oh, yeah. I mean, you miss, you miss Emmanuel Sanders for an easy touchdown. And you overthrew. It wasn't even close. That would have been a day. That would have been a seventeen-point game at that point. That's right. Okay. That's right. And you're being paid an elite quarterback money. If you go back to his salary and his contract, he's getting paid elite quarterback money. 
for a guy that didn't do anything yet in the NFL. So now he's got his team into the Super Bowl, and you can say, okay, well, he's earning that money. Now his team's in the Super Bowl, a.k.a. his defense will be on there. But he's there. You're making elite money, and you overthrow that receiver by that far, Emmanuel Sanders? You overthrow him that far? That's ridiculous. Shameful. Actually, Italian no, the, Stallion. The, the, one, the one that you're talking about, the one you're talking about was in the fourth quarter. Because that would have that would have given them um that was before da- the Damian Williams touchdown. If he hits them, they go up. They they go up 27-24. That that's the one you're talking about where he overthrew him by that much. That was late in the fourth. Okay. And they, they were at they were at midfield. Yes. So, San- yeah, San- yeah. Yep. Sanders was like at the 10. I mean, how how you do that? And and here here's here's the crazy thing: the Chiefs had rolled coverage because they were playing in cover two. So you had your two deep safeties, and you had the corner. So the one safety rolled to to provide coverage, but Sanders blew right past them, and his streak is wide open. Now, when I say that, you know, he had like two or three steps on the guys, but still, no, you know, that's wide open steps, though. That's wide, wide open. open. That's right. right? That's I right. mean, it was still overthrowing. Sanders couldn't even die for the football. That's right. It wasn't even close. That's and that's right. the shameful part. It's not like Grappolo had to throw the ball because he had a rush in his face. Just awful. And so that's why, you know, again, overratedness with, with Jimmy Grappolo. And you can say he's young, but he's really not that young. He's young as a starter, but he's not young anymore. He's not. He really, right? it, it, he's and he's got the gray hair in the coming in. What's with the gray hair, Jimmy G? Just for men, he needs to. He needs to because we know who he hangs around. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jimmy G, baby, he's a playboy, man. He he's the 21st century Joe Namath playboy, right? So Stevie D, the the 49ers choke or the um, the Kansas City Chiefs finally wake up, depending on how you want to look at it. I, I'm gonna say the Chiefs finally woke up. Because the offense is what what it is. I again, you can say that Shanahan was, you know, Shanahan, but I, I don't want to take it away from from the Kansas City Chiefs. They woke up, they made their plays. They still had to put the ball in the end zone three times, and they did it. Because um, that's not on the 49ers' offense at that point. That's the defense not making plays. Um, and you give credit to to Mahomes and company, and they got it done. And then comes the parade. <laughs> and then comes Travis Kelsey. You know, honestly, I didn't watch the parade. I actually went to work. And what's funny was out here, my, my company out here, they gave everybody the day off to go to the parade. Oh. But, but I didn't go to the parade. I went to work. And uh, I think we oh, had like seven people. Company well, you know, it's funny. We have 300 and, I don't know, 80 people in the building. And we we had seven. Yeah. <laughs> Was so. J- was JB at the parade? You know, no, I don't think. Well, you know what? Uh, I think he did go to the parade. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm on. He did not go to the parade. He stayed home with his kids and they watched it on TV. Okay. From a okay. Facebook post. Fair enough, yeah. JB. Fair enough. But Stevie D, listen to this clip from Travis Kelsey. Can you dig it? I just want to say I love y'all. I love this. I love this team. Woo! 
I'm wearing about half the beers I've been trying to drink, baby. It's been a long time coming, because what did we do? We had to fight for our right to party. What's good? What's good right here in the heart of America? 21 years. How about, how about that? I'm going to walk this wall. How about 21 years? Y'all know what that means? Everybody here is thinking, oh, that's when I can, you know what I mean, legally get a drink. Yeah. No, 21 years. That's how, that's how long it's just been turning for my guy Andy Reid. Mm, it's just been turning and turning and turning. And what we do, what we do, we unleash a can of whoop ass on everybody. 24 nothing. I ain't trying to hear it. Sound 10, I ain't trying to hear it. Fourth quarter, six and whatever left on the clock. Down 10. We got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, baby. How about Sammy Watkins? Woo! What's good? Every single touchdown, every single point we score at Arrowhead is going to end with the anthem. And y'all got to help me say it right here one last time for 2019, 2020 World Champions. You got to fight for your right to party. Believe it. I love y'all. Now, either listening to parades or, or the parades, the sports parades have changed, or I don't know what's going on, but it definitely sounded like in that clip. Like there was a lot of alcohol flowing. Oh, the alcohol was flowing. <laughs> it was flowing big time. But I'll tell you, the 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 mainstream folks that watch it on NFL Network or whatnot didn't see this. But as the parade and the people were coming, a guy breaks through with his Mercury Sable, breaks through like it gets through a police barricade on on the parade route, and I give. The KC Mo Police Department mad credit on this one because when he got through, those police cars came down that road and they did the technique where they nudged the edge, the the back end of the car and made him uh, spin, spin in circle. What was he and trying it, to do? I they don't know. This guy supposedly has a history of of going against the police or not listening to the police or whatever. He's got a uh, let's just say he's got a, his, a record with the uh, an arrest record. Well, he went down the parade route it, it, again. This is before the parade really started, and there's video of it. You can you can YouTube that one. Um, and they they went in real quick. They chased him down. They bumped the rear end. They got him to spin out. He's got to get to of, work. What's up? He's got to get to work. Yeah, well, not not on that route. <laughs> You know, he starts, he starts driving. He's just like, oh, I got to hurry up. I got to get to work. I, I'm running late. And all of a sudden, what are these barricades? And he goes to the next side street. There's another barricade. Hold on. I don't know what's yeah. going on. I got to get I, over there. Yeah, you know, there's only, I don't know, 100,000 people on that one that one street right there. That They're all in red. Get you out know. the way. Yeah. Get out the way. <laughs> so, I'm running late. But I'll tell you, they, they stopped that real quick. Uh, but i tell you, the beer was flowing. They were getting they were getting off the bus and walking. They were drinking so much. They're like, the heck with this, man. I'm walking in the street. Some of the players came out, took selfies with the crowd. 
Um, they were rocking and partying here, and and good for them. It's been 50 years. I'm jealous. My team is still counting, going long since their last Super Bowl. So, you know, it was great for the city. The players did a tremendous job. Um, and obviously, Kelsey's speech was phenomenal. And um, did, did you hear where Mahomes said that Alex Smith deserves a ring? Yeah, I, I don't agree there. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment. I'm sure if I'm Alex Smith, man, I appreciate Mahomes saying that because you can say that maybe Alex Smith was a really good mentor to Patrick Mahomes in that one year that they they played together. Well, hey, hey, if, if we're tossing out rings all willy-nilly, I think Brandon Bean and Doug Whaley and my Buffalo Bills deserve rings as well. For what? Well, because if we don't make that trade, there is no Pat Oh, Mahomes. right, 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 right. <laughs> but... Uh, just congratulations to Kansas City. It's it's hard to believe that we're talking about a Super Bowl parade. It just felt like we were just, you know, ragging on the Jets because our quarterback got mono, right? And now it's the end of the season. And in, what, 30-something days, the new calendar year starts? It does. And you, you're seeing a lot of transactions take place in the NFL right now. Uh, some of the free agents that are true free agents um, – are taking visits like Greg Olson. Uh, you know, he, the Greg Olson situation in Carolina is a very interesting one uh, because the reports came out that it was a mutual release. Greg Olson came out and said, oh, hold that. It's not is, mutual. Is it ever truly a mutual release, though? No. <laughs> no. You cut me. I was making money and you cut me because you don't want to pay me. That's not mutual. Exactly. I don't care how long I've been there. I don't care how much blood, sweat, and tears. No, no. But, uh, you know, with, you know, there's been some retirements, Vernon Davis retired. And, and so it's going to be interesting to see where, where Olsen lands. I know that he was in Buffalo. He was going to Washington, going to uh, Seattle. And I think he wants to go to Chicago. You know, I, I well, he started his career in Chicago, right? If, I'm not, if I remember correctly, that's right. Um, in in fairness, the two teams that you're probably better off going to is either Buffalo or Seattle, right? You got to figure on the teams on your list the best chance to give you a chance to get back to a Super Bowl. And some of the teams that you mentioned, it's either Buffalo or Seattle, right? So if you had to weigh the two, because you have uh, what's his name, Dilsey out out in Seattle, Buffalo doesn't have a true number one tight end yet. Right? And I don't know if Greg Olson truly is that number one tight end because of his age. Okay, right, and that I don't. But he brings stability if he's healthy. He'll bring stability, and he'll catch the football. He won't be a game breaker, and maybe that's what you just need. Right, and you're not he- looking for a game changing tight end. Um, you know, for that, Buffalo, like, it'll be another Carolina Panther, Tolbert, oh. Benjamin. Hey, the list could go on and on. I think that's great. You have that little partnership with Carolina. You know, really, really. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. You just, dude, just trust the process. Trust the process. Oh, you know, thank goodness 2020 is here. It, we we can stop talking about the trust the process. I don't know. I don't know why you get all like that for. Ah, I don't. The process. Ah, ah, you know why. Trust the process. <laughs> At least you have a process. I don't even know what our process is. Well, that's true too. Hey, 
hey, it, it's a new calendar year. You know, Adam Gase now can make peace with Le'Veon Bell. He can he can let Le'Veon Bell go as a free agent. Just cut him so that my Buffalo Bills can sign him. <laughs> I knew you wanted him. Um, I but, uh, what? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So Stevie D, let let's let's move on. There's there's a couple things here. Um, want to want to give. Uh, one of our segments, Fantastic Finishes, is um, had had a sponsorship with Wanna Follow, and we are still good with Wanna Follow. Um, but want to send out the healing vibes um, to the owner and creator of Wanna Follow um, to Roger, and just let him know that we're thinking about him, um, and you know we're hoping for a speedy recovery there. Um, Keep fighting, Raj. Keep fighting, buddy. Keep fighting, bud. But. As we go to our fantastic finishes and, you know, not to make it a downer, Stevie D, because it's not a downer, right? Not, now we're at the point of celebration of life. But, you know, last our last podcast was a tough one for me. You know, I, I, I talked to uh, you and we talked on the podcast about Kobe Bryant, right? And, and just the untimely passing of Kobe and and the folks that were with him on that helicopter, including his daughter, Gigi. Um, and I, and I talked to you about how difficult it was for me. Right. And, and not, not to be selfish and take this all and say me, 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 but you know, I, the way I felt so many others felt right in, in the passing, because um, Kobe meant a lot to the game of basketball, you know, growing up and following, uh, especially when I really got deep into it, you know, huge Kobe Bryant fan. Um, even from the first time you saw him play at lower Marion, but then, you know, the, the, all of a sudden you hear that he's gone and they did a celebration for the first game, uh, back at Staples center where I thought the Lakers did a great job. They had usher come out, uh, usher played or sang amazing grace and did a great rendition of that. Then they had a, and I don't know the, the, the gentleman's name, but he was playing the cello. And as he was playing the cello, you heard Kobe speaking in, you know, just diff- different times, different interviews, uh, different, different sayings, different quotes by Kobe. Um, and, and I thought it was really well put together. And then, at, you know, and then after they had the words from Kobe, then, you know, they turned the microphone over to LeBron, which was interesting, right? Because LeBron is not a Laker, right? When you think of LeBron, you, you think of LeBron as a Cleveland Cavalier or maybe a Miami Heat. Um, but LeBron came out there and, you know, it, it kind of seems staged, DVD. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the word I was trying to think of, staged. Um, like... I don't know. I I know it's emotional for him, and I, obviously in the game of basketball, LeBron and Kobe have a lot of things in common coming out of high school and things like that. But I go back to your your, your statement. He's not known to be a Laker. He's a Laker today, but he's not known to be a Laker. I wanted to see where was, Magic. Where was Magic Johnson. Yes. Where was Shaquille O'Neal, who really played with Kobe and won a, you know three championships with Kobe? Where's Jerry West? Or better where, yet, where's Derek Fisher? 
Derek Fisher, another great name. Thank you, Derek Fisher. Right, and, and I'll now? and I'll tell you why Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher and Kobe came in together and were like best friends, absolute best friends. Where where is Derek Fisher? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. And really, I just I was shocking that LeBron delivered the speech. Just because he's a current player didn't mean that he had to be the one delivering the um, delivering in such a the key right well like the keynote address speaker yeah the keynote he, he was yeah. like the keynote yeah and i just didn't uh i i thought the lakers missed on that that piece of it they did i really thought they they missed on that one and and um, i'll tell you where i thought it was staged right so he pulls out oh, he pulls out this piece of paper yeah yeah and he says you know they want me to read this but i'm not going to read this you know i'm going to go from the heart this is why I don't like LeBron, because it's so staged. You know what, LeBron? It reminds me of being fake. It reminds yes. me of A Rod. It reminds me of what that's something A Rod would do because he's so genuinely fake. Yeah. And, and you're right when he said I'm and and used the 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 explicit word that he used. Yes. And I I didn't think that was called for. No, right? it wasn't. You know, it's being televised. No, none of that was right. Yeah. Yeah. Just was not it. It did not feel genuine. It felt like I'm yeah. trying to play up to the Laker fans. Now he's absolutely right. L.A. is is Kobe's town. That's Kobe City, and you're not getting in there. I don't care what kind of speech you gave. You know, you you could have been you know one of the greatest speakers and orators of all time. People were not going to listen to that and, and can put you into the same category as Kobe or Magic. And to your point, you know, as we rattled off some of those names, the easiest one would have been Magic. That's the easiest one. And Ma- Magic could have delivered. Magic's a great speaker, could have delivered. I don't know. But I thought the whole thing was nice. They had uh, the, the T-shirts all over the arena, 8 and 24. They set aside two courtside seats that they had flowers for yep. Kobe and for Gigi. And of course, thank goodness they won, right? You you never want to lose a game like that. So, you know, it it's it, it's reality is hit, reality is sunk in. Um, and you know, it's time for us and you know, everybody, and just like they're doing at the Staples Center to kind of move forward, move on with your life, never forget, right? You don't forget the good memories, whether it be what was on the court or what was off the court. Um, And, you know, we as sports fans, you know, when a player retires, the season's over, their career is over, right? So you don't forget what they did when they played. And so I won't forget a young Kobe who was dribbling down the lane with his tongue sticking out, right, because he was trying to emulate his idol at the time, the guy that he was going after, and that was Michael Jordan, right? I won't forget Kobe just hitting dagger after dagger. People saying, you know, you shoot too much, but let me tell you, he had no fear as far as taking that shot when the clock was right winding down. I won't forget Kobe dropping 81 against Toronto, and I won't forget Kobe going out on, a, on his last game dropping 60. We're dropping 60 against the New York Knicks in the garden. I, I don't remember that one, but <laughs> <laughs> you just choose not to remember that one. 
I just, you know, I wanted to make sure you captured his, you know, that 60 point game in the garden because, I mean, I was in the garden. So, you know, Kobe, uh, you know, you, you hit it. You hit a lot of, uh, a lot of points there with Kobe Bryant. Um, I didn't have as, as a strong connection to Kobe like you did. Um, uh, but as an international star and everything that he's brought to the sport and to the young kids that aspire to be Kobe Bryant. It's such a huge loss, and he had so much more to give in his post career. He did with with, with the studio. Uh, was it is, it? is it Mamba Mamba Academy? Yes. Um, and, and the things that he was doing with the movies and and giving just doing so much more for the kids. Oh, it's just so. Here, here's a here's a question. I know they threw it out before. It seems to have died down a little bit. Do you change the logo? Of what? The NBA logo, which no. is Jerry, which is no. Jerry West right now. No, no, that that's uh, look. It's a shame what happened to Kobe Bryant, but you can't overreact because Kobe Bryant died in a tragic accident. They changed the logo. I just no, I. You know, if Bill Belichick dies tomorrow. Are we going to change the Super Bowl trophy to the, the Belichick trophy? Yes. No. Yes, you're not gonna you you're not gonna change that. It it will be it will change. It's and if it does, it's wrong because he's a cheater. Ah. And, and, but I I just think you know when you're talking about changing a logo, I, I just no because there's greater players that have played, um, and just and I'm not trying to be insensitive here. Right. It's not about being insensitive. I just there's certain things you're just not going to change your brand for. You want to say you want to name the street outside to Bryant Way. You rename the Staples Center Bryant Center. I, I can go with those things. You want to rename freeways again. I'm good. I just think when you start talking about a shield for the NBA, I, I don't. Well, the don't, reason why I say that is not just. And I'm using your words. It's not just his accomplishments on the court. It's his international and, and the things that he was doing off yeah. the court related to the game. I mean, his contribution to the WNBA is huge. Huge. Yeah, I, I just, there's ways you can honor him. You can rename the MVP award to the Kobe Bryant Most Valuable Player Award. But changing the actual logo of the NBA, I, I no. Uh, why Jerry West is on the logo, or the silhouette of him, I, I don't know. Uh, it's strange, to be honest with you, that you actually have a player as part of that. Um, I, I, I wouldn't redo it for Kobe Bryant. Um, if they tried to redo the logo, you would hear all of the our generation and older complain that it's not Jordan. Well, I, I, to me, Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. So, I, I mean, in, I was going to go with Michael Jordan, but you brought up the whole international and what he's done for the game and since he's leaving the game. And I, I don't, Michael Jordan, I don't know, has really had that impact. No, I don't. playing career, right? Because he got into other things outside of basketball that weren't, you know, putting a movie a studio together to – you know, create kid kids movies, right, and kids books and all that stuff. And so, uh, but to me, if you were going to change it, my initial thought was Michael Jordan. I have to be honest with you. 
right? But I don't believe in changing the logo. I think it should be John Starks. <laughs> John Starks. I got nothing. I got nothing on that one. <laughs> I got John Starks. Oh, God. Uh, at least you didn't say Patrick Ewing. Uh, but uh, John Starks, I can't get past that one. John Starks, you good on that one. Um, I, I wouldn't change the logo. I wouldn't. I would I would rename an MVP. Uh, or, you know, you have the, and I don't know if they have this in basketball, but you have the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Maybe you create the Kobe Bryant Man of the Year Award that talks about what you do in your community. And I think the NFL does a really great job of promoting the Walter Payton Man of the Year and what each, you, know, you get a nomination of one player from each team and they whittle it down and then they they award the award to and I, I to me maybe that's a better way to honor Kobe Bryant. Well, we'll 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 see what they do. It, it will be interesting because there's. But I tell be you, you know, people, uh, we don't touch on this because I, people are gonna with on the other side of the fence because the indiscretion that happened back in two thousand, I don't know, three, four. I don't even know what year it happened. Right. Yeah, and then, so then you're going to have a lot of people coming out that if you do something like with that change of logo, and I don't think the NBA is willing to go up against that fight. I'll take the fight for you. I will absolutely take that fight for you. You and I are on the same page, but you're going to have different groups and activists that come out and say, whoa, what do you mean? So, but I, to me, I, you, I wish I wish they would. They we're not, not we're not we're not going to debate that here but no. I wish they would. That 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 one that one gets me. Yeah, gets me too. So, all right, CVD, let, let's try to swing this to a good note. It's been a good show. We had a great season. Uh I applaud my Buffalo Bills knock on wood for having a good season. Uh let's do better now than going one going out after one game being one and done. Um, but let's kind of move this forward. Um, we saw the decline and potentially the end of the new England Patriots. If you're with me, knock on wood. <laughs> Wait, I, I just put a hole in my table. You, you okay over there? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, we, aside from our two teams, we, we saw a lot of things. We saw Ryan Fitzpatrick just really kind of upset the apple cart down in Miami a little bit, right? No longer do you have the number one pick, even though they have a bunch of picks from the trades that they made. We saw Jameis Winston, and, you know, we didn't talk about this, but, you know, Shaq Barrett, just a, just a little side note, Shaq Barrett made a statement, which I want us to talk about on a future podcast, said that, if Jameis has another season like he did last year, he'll be out the league. You cannot make that statement. Oh, yeah, yeah. And who are you? Right, yeah, you led the league in sacks. You had, you know, had a career high in sacks. Good for you. This was the first time in I don't know how many years that you actually did something. Who are you? But, you know, aside from that, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. But... You know, 
we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, Jameis threw for five thousand, had two one thousand yard receivers. So we'll see what happens. That was a change for the Bucks. You had the 49ers and you know the the dominance that they had up to a certain point, and then all of a sudden you started playing real teams and you were good. But when it came down to the biggest stage, you kind of fell apart. Well, how about this? Then you got the Rams that fell apart. Are they are they a sinking ship? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Does Tennessee try to re-sign him? Does Tannehill and his agent think he's worth more than he really is? Oh, my goodness. Derrick Henry, where does he go? All right. There's going to be a lot of movers and shakers this offseason. It's going to be fun, though, how it shakes out. But I just hope that the, the that Tennessee – well, I don't care if Tennessee overpays for Ryan Tannehill. Go ahead. But I'm really curious to see where he ends up dollar-wise. He, he may venture into the Nick Foles territory. All, all in all aspects. I don't think Tannehill's that good, and and either did Vrabel because Vrabel really did not put the ball in his hands. Yeah, yeah. So and then you know to that point, the league was changing to a passing league, and yes, Mahomes won it with his arm, but you had teams that were, you know, very viable in in the playoff runs, like the Baltimore Ravens like the San Francisco 49ers, and like the Tennessee Titans, all on the strength of the ground game. So do we start to see a, a change where the focus is moving away from the pass and going back to the run? You know, everything is cyclical in the NFL. Well, I don't know if they would, you know, match a debate for another show. But it's an interesting topic if 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 it would re- kind of revert back a little bit. I don't see it myself, but that's 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 another topic. For another for another day that's for sure. sure sure so we have all that that we had from the the 2019 2020 season and now uh like you said we're about what 30 days away from the start of the new season yeah just about that and then we're gonna have free agency then the combine then the rookie mini camp then mini camp oh boy i can't wait i can't wait stevie d yeah, honestly, I, I'm curious to see what Joe Douglas is going to do for the Jets in its first true offseason with the with the with the New York Jets and signed Tom Brady, Joe Douglas. You know, it's funny. I'm getting teased about that. Honestly, here's my take on that. I would laugh my butt off if the Jets signed Tom Brady. It was just it reminds me of when the Jets signed Jason Taylor. How much it burned the Miami Dolphin fans that Jason Taylor won the green and white. And that's the way I look at it for Tom Brady. Oh, would that bother the Patriot fans to no end? Would that bother you, though? No, it wouldn't. Because you know, it, my sick, twisted mind works is that that would be hilarious to throw it back on the Patriot fans. That, that yes, the Hall of Famer, the Jet Hall of Famer, Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Knowing that our logo would be on the plaque in the oh, Hall of Fame. There you oh, go it would again. be great. There you go again, another Jet in the Hall of Fame. Hey, Steve Atwood, I want to congratulate you. Another uh, Jet in the see, Hall of Fame. There, we, there we go. All right. All right. Let, let's what, 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 let's, We're going to end on this note? What? <laughs> end, end on a high note. <laughs> so you can always check us out on our website, officialwordsports.com. You can tweet at us at Real OW Sports. And, of course, you can check out our podcast on any of the platforms that you subscribe to. To wrap this one up, I'm Vince. 
Steve. We'll talk to you soon.